It'd be kind of cool. We could put the little um, googly eyes on them, the, the shaky ones. You remember making those rock faces when you're? Yeah, come on. It's just good. It's just good. It's just really cool. It's coming. And uh, all right, spray, spray. Where's Camille going? She get it. Camille's gone. She's so flat out. Camille's gone. Okay. She had some sad news this week. I do. And she's still here serving, pouring out completely. Beautiful. So when she's here, we'll pray for her. Is that okay? Also, we want to pray for Pete Thompson. So God, we thank yeah. you so much for Pete. Um, what is he's over? Um, over. I don't know where he is. I forget the name. Yeah, England. Yeah, I'll discover somewhere more specific. England's a really good place. <laughs> um, so God, we just pray for him right now. We just pray, Lord, just for that um, COVID to go. In the name of Jesus, we want to clear results so he can go to the funeral of his mother. Lord, we just pray right now for your presence to be upon. That family, Lord, even um, over Pete right now, he would experience your peace and your presence. We're just surrounded right now. He would know that he's not alone. God, that you're making a way where there seems to be no way. And we just bless him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. So if you're taking notes, this is called the return. And uh, if you don't know, Pastor Peter did the return. It was about 12 parts. I only have one part. We made it to two. I don't know. That's cool. So... <laughs> Return the return again, and uh, so I wanted to talk about Will Smith tonight, and no, I didn't. And uh, <laughs> stop, stop, wow, I reckon I need to stop just to get into the Lord right now, just get, get me straight. Um, but I do, I do want to talk about. I, I felt last week, I already said this morning, but when I was preaching about how God says you're forgiven, so you're forgiven, and how, how you could, as a preacher, you'll realize not just as a preacher, but if you if you're operating the gift of discernment. You can feel different stuff happening in the room when you say certain things. And uh, some, some people's body language gives it away when they squirm and they see, or they um, fold their arms, or <laughs> you see all kinds of stuff in my bed. I was actually thinking about wearing a GoPro just to show you what I'm dealing with. And, uh, <laughs> but um, the, I, I felt like a, a pushback in the spirit of, of people actually not actually believing that they're actually forgiven. And I think the number one strategy of the, of, the, of the devil is to keep us in guilt and shame and condemnation. And, and most of us could put up our hand and say, hey, we're in a process, we're in a journey, and sometimes we slip up. Sometimes we just have a bad day. Sometimes I have the best intentions, and then I don't, I don't act how I believe I should act. And, you know, I got frustrated or I got angry and I said something I shouldn't. And then there's always this moment of, like, how do I get back to God after that? After that happens, I appreciate anyone. Yeah. How do I get rid of that um, that guilt, that shame, that performance mindset that now comes in and thinks I need to earn my way back? Um, that's not the Lord. That's condemnation. That's that's the devil wanting to keep you in a place that you're in. And so I wanted to talk about this area in our life that not a lot of people talk about because it's uncomfortable. But how do we return after that? Like, how do we get back to the Lord? How do we get back into intimacy? How do I get rid of guilt? How do I get rid of shame? How do we get rid of like feeling I can't go back to the Lord, um, I feel I feel guilty, I feel shame, I feel bad for myself. Some people get into self-punishment. Some people punish themselves because, oh, I should have done that. And, and it's just, it's not healthy and it's not, it's not biblical. And so I'm going to hopefully try and show you what that looks like. Because we live in a world where, where if you mess up, you get cancelled. Like, I don't think Will Smith is getting any main roles for that. Unfortunately, for the next few few years, until this whole thing blows over and someone else slaps someone else, right? But the amount of people getting cancelled in our culture is crazy because you, you can't, as a Christian, even Christian leaders, right? I'm not going to mention names, 
But but we even as Christians, we are so quick to just like write someone off. Just cancel them. If you slip out, you make a mistake, like you're out. Like and I'm thinking, well well how does if, if there's anywhere you can recover your life, if there's anywhere that you can be restored, is it not Christianity? Is it not what Jesus has done? Shouldn't we be able to display to the world, hey, this is what love looks like. This is what happens when someone makes a mistake. There's a process of restoration because God wants to get us moving forward. God doesn't want us to sit in our mistake. He wants to get us forward. But most of us as Christians, I don't believe that we, even when we slip up, even think that we can get back, let alone someone who does something major. <laughs> right? So we can't cancel people. And I, without being too, too trying to sound too relevant um, tonight, Jesus, Jesus started the cancel culture in Colossians 2. All right? I don't know. I'm trying to be like a youth pastor right now. I'm trying to preach the cancel culture. Everyone's just like, just act your age. Colossians 2, 30 to 15, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, but he forgave all, your, all our sins. Someone say, I'm forgiven. He canceled. Here we go. Cancel culture right now. What's Jesus canceling? Is he canceling people? No, he is not canceling people. He is canceling the record of charges against us. <laughs> right there. Cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Everything that was that was to your name, your debt, he canceled it right there on the cross. He didn't cancel you as a person. That's what we have to understand as Christians. You don't cancel people. God doesn't cancel people. God's into canceling the debt that you've incurred. God's into canceling guilt. God's into canceling shame. God's into canceling sin. Not canceling people. Right? So you need to understand that even when you have a bad day, even when you find yourself in a confusing time, God has not canceled you. God wants to cancel what you went through. God wants to cancel what came with you when you went through it. God wants to cancel the guilt, the shame. He wants you to move forward. Good time to say amen. I'll get some rocks in this house. I'm excited. That's just the gospel right there. Come on. He canceled the charges against us and took it away by what? Nailing it to the cross. That's why you're going to be here on Friday. We're going to pin them on. Should we do that? Come on. Should. We'd be good. If you go to a youth camp, you don't pin it on the cross. You write it on a piece of paper, you throw it in a thing, and we burn it. Same thing. Just everything that you're struggling with, you write it on a piece of paper, you throw it. It's a beautiful. I mean, all youth camps. I mean, seriously. Just people encounter God, and then we get old, and then we don't want to encounter God anymore, and we're too, we're too old for God, and we just, you know. Not me. I'm, I'm still relevant. I've got white sneakers. I've got a hat. I'm still, I'm still encountering the Lord. Amen. So now that the cross is this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them. Come on. Jesus is not the shame. He's in the shame of the principalities and the powers. Oh, come on. If you want to, if you want to shame me, you want to shame the enemy. Yeah. Amen. He shamed me publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So God is not interested in canceling people, but he is interested in canceling the penalty of debt and sin. Amen. So let's go ahead to John 21, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you in the story of Peter and in the story of the prodigal son how God brings us back, how we are to return to God, okay? So after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way to Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, or the sons of thunder, come on, call down fire, these guys are just passionate zealots for the Lord, I reckon if I was in that day, I would have been one of them, I'd like to be John, I think I would have been like a passionate, like, call down fire guy, um, anyway, that's just me. You gotta read the Bible and put yourself in there. It's a good book. Uh, two other disciples went together. Simon Peter said, I am going fishing. 
Come on, James. They said to him, <laughs> James last vision. They said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. Who's been there? <laughs> I said to my wife, there's two things I can't catch, fish and COVID. And uh, <laughs> sorry. They said, uh, this is terrible. If I, if I end up sending the text out tomorrow, I'll be like, I got it. I feel so shameful. But Jesus took away my shame. Amen. Come on, I won't well oh, yeah. I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and they got to a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered, no. And he said to them, cast your net on the right side. Does anyone think of this as like a, what happened here? Hasn't this already happened? It's already happened, right? At the beginning. Oh, yeah. When he first called them. Amazing. Can you see a restoration, restoration process right here? Again, that night they caught nothing. Again, they've gone back to fishing. Why have they gone back to fishing, Corey? Well, Peter denied Jesus <laughs> three times. Yeah. Publicly denied the Lord. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt like you've let the Lord down. Just put yourself in Peter's, Peter's position for a minute. You may sometimes feel, man, I feel like I've let God down. How do you think Peter felt? Like, Peter was the most, like, Jesus, I'll never leave you. <laughs> I'll chop a dude's ear off. You know, I'll walk on water. He was always the one that was, like, the first one to say, oh, man, I'll do it. And then when push came to shove, he was the one who scattered, he scattered with everyone else. Now, I don't know if you've ever let down a friend or let down a loved one, but to show your face to that person again after you've let them down is a really hard thing to do. Come on, I'm trying to relate to you here. It's really hard to, to show yourself again when you have, you have let someone down and now I'm going to show my face and I don't know how they're going to react to me. I don't know what they're going to say to me. I don't know how they're going to feel about me because I know what I did was wrong. I know I've let them down. I told them I was going to do this and I didn't do it. Now I've got to, I've got to man up and, and show myself. And so imagine what Peter was like to, to the Son of God, to the Messiah. He denies him. And, and it's funny because, it's not funny, but, but what happens is when we, when we mess up or we slip up or we have a bad day or we hit a hard or a confusing season, what we tend to do is go back to what we knew. For Peter, he's like, I'm going back fishing. Well, well Jesus called you out fishing. He said, you're not going to be a fisherman, you're going to be a fisherman. And on you, I'm going to build my church. And he denies the Lord and he's like, okay, what do I go back to? I'll go back to what I know. I'll go back fishing. I'll go back fishing. Some of us get, get trapped back into old lifestyles and old habits, even though we know it's unhealthy, even though we know that it's not right, but it's, it's familiar. It's what we know. We, we step back into, we return to, to, to what it was. We, re, we return to comfort. We return to, like, even people that are in, like, um, some people, when they're in, like, a, like, an unhealthy relationship, even though they know it's bad, they still return to it because at least they know what it is. It sounds crazy, I know. But we kind of often do that. When we, when we hit a spot where we feel like we've, we've messed up, we've let someone down, we, try to, we return to old habits, we return to old things. But God wants to move you forward. Amen? So again, he's gone back to fishing, he's still not catching anything. And then Jesus says, cast your net on the other side. And what happens? He catches the fish again. He catches such a large net that the net's breaking. Again, this is, this is God's, this is Jesus' restoration process for Peter. Peter, I, when I first called you, that call is still there. 
Even though you deny me, Peter, that call is still there. I'm still going to make you a fisher of men. You're not catching anything in your own strength, but I'm going to speak a word. You're going to cast it down the other side. You're going to catch a lot of fish. Now, if I let Jesus down and he did that miracle through me, again, I'd be stoked. Okay, this means something because this is what, this is just, Jesus called me for this. Jesus first called me for this and the call is still there. Jesus is reaffirming the calling of Peter. He's reaffirming who he is, even though he has let him down. Even though he made a mistake. You know, the Bible is full of heroes of faith that made a mistake somewhere along the line. Yet God didn't cancel them out and say, okay, you're done. Come on, we don't have to look very far. We can look at David. Just if you want to look at his rap sheet, adultery, murder. Couple biggies. Couple biggies, guys. God didn't cut them off. Still said, David's a man after my heart. Amazing. Come on. If we ask for forgiveness, we're forgiven, right? Amen. I hope we actually believe that so we can move forward, right? And so he said, let's get back to the story. And answered him, no, he said, Cast it out the right side of the boat, and we will find some. So they cast it, and they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it, that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped off for work. I don't know why he put on more clothes to jump in the water. Figure that out. <laughs> He's taking his clothes off to work, he puts on more clothes, jumps in the water. Now, if you want to know anything about survival swimming, less clothes are better. But he's just pumped, right? Peter's pumped, because the first time that this happened, he actually threw himself on the ground and said, depart from me, I'm a sinner. This time he puts on more clothes and jumps in the boat to get to him even quicker. Come on, the restoration of the Lord. Yeah? So, so Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and pulled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. If you are like a scholar or you know anything about numbers, you can work that out. I don't. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. You know, you're on good terms with someone if they say, come and have breakfast. <laughs> Amen? Like, come and have a feed, Peter. But I denied you. Now, come and let's have breakfast. Let's have breakfast. Come on. Eating meals together is biblical. Like, just, let's just have a meal together. Let's have a sit down. Let's have a meal together. Come on, I'm going to cook you some fish. Jesus cooked it, by the way, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Everything he does is good, right? So if he's cooking breakfast... Good. It's amazing that in the prodigal son, when he returned, he also threw him a feast. When the prodigal son returned, they put on a big feast, they killed a cow, barbecue, amen, <laughs> brisket. <clears throat> Apologize to my vegetarians and vegans. But it's just good times. It's healthy. Amen. So had a feed, had a had breakfast, and when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, uh, to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said, he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Why did Jesus ask Peter three times whether he loved him? Because Peter denied Jesus three times when he was asked if he knew him. So 
What is what is the Lord doing? He's restoring Peter. You deny me three times, here's three opportunities to confess your love for me. Why? Because God is interested in restoration. Come on, let's go preach to someone. Three times. You've got to understand, this is playing on Peter's mind. I denied the Lord three times. The Lord gives him an opportunity to confess him three times. Because <laughs> God is interested in restoration. God is interested in people returning to him. He doesn't want people to stay in their guilt, in their shame. He doesn't want people under condemnation. He wants them to come out and be restored. Jesus himself restored us to the Father. He made us return to the Father. That's what God is about. That's what Jesus is about, bringing people back to him. I think sometimes we just, we just overlook it. Like, like let's look at the, the prodigal son. He, he gets an inheritance and he wastes it on, on reckless living. Most translations say on, on prostitutes, on just drinking and gambling and just getting wrong with the wrong people. It just blew his whole inheritance till he ends up in a pig site feeding pigs. And as a Jewish man, not a great place to be. Jew the, the pigs are unclean. If you're in with the pigs, you're unclean yourself. It's just not a good time. You're not in a good space. Right? But you've you got to understand, for him to return, he's dealing with, okay, I've, I've, I've messed up. I've, I've spent all my father's money. I've got nothing to show for it. Word would have got round town and got back to the father what he's been doing, who he's been hanging with, what he's been what he's been up to, and so again we, we, we look at these and we don't put ourselves in, in in those shoes. How hard is it for you to return at that moment? How much shame are you battling right now that you wasted your father's inheritance and you're coming back with nothing? Not only that, you're living with pigs now. I mean that's embarrassing. You got given an inheritance. You got given a shot. You got you got you got handed a super a silver spoon, and you just wasted it all. Most of us like that when we receive Christ and, and, and something happens or we go through a season, and, and, and we can think, well, I've wasted what the Lord's given me. And I don't know if it's my personality or if I can preach to anyone else in the room, but if I was Peter, the the last three years of ministry meant nothing if I messed up once. Like my wife hates it about me because we could be having like an amazing week and we have one disagreement and I'm like the whole week's ruined. Just throw it away. Or we go on holiday and everything's going well and then something pops up, one of the kids gets upset and just all hell breaks loose in the car and there's a big argument. I'm like, this holiday's stuffed. I'm an extremist. I'm like, it's tainted now. It is tainted. And I don't know if you guys are laughing at me, but some of us are like that with our relationship with God. We, we get saved and we're like, okay, that's good. Now it's up to me to keep myself perfect and I hope I don't mess up because if I mess up, this whole thing wasn't worth it. Because yeah. if I mess up once, right, I fall from grace. Can't fall from grace, by the way. <laughs> Can't fall from it. What Jesus did is your foundation, not what you did. No one wants to amen today. It's amazed me how quickly we move from what Jesus has done to our own performance. And all of a sudden, okay, now I'm going to try and get myself back. I hear this language a lot. I, I want to get back to where I was. Well, how are you going to get back? That's what we want to preach about tonight. How are you going to get back? Like, let's just logically think about this. How are you going to get back? Are you going to get back on your good behavior? Are you going to get back when, like, some time has passed? Is, is, it, is it time that's going to get you back? Is it a word of encouragement for someone? Is it, is it a feeling you're going to get when you wake up one day? Okay, I can get back now. 
Like, how are you going to get back? How are you going to return? Because we can only return through Christ. Christ is the one who got us there. He's the one who will get us back there. He's the one who will keep us there. Amen. Come on, Jesus. So he said, feed my sheep. And so what else is, what else is he doing here? He's, he's saying to Peter, hey, Peter, let me remind you of your calling. Let me remind you what I called you to do. I called you to be, to be a pillar of my church. I called you to plant the early church. I called you to be a leader in the early church. I want you to feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Well, I'm not good enough to feed your sheep. I denied you three times, Lord. No, no, no. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. What's he saying? He's encouraging Peter in his calling. Come on, Peter, you don't have time to wallow. You don't have time to go back fishing and feel bad for yourself. Come on, don't give yourself permission to get into self-pity. I've forgiven you. Yeah. I've just restored you, Peter. Now, now, would you just feed my sheep? <laughs> Again, I don't want to get too in-depth in this, but the rest of the disciples know what Peter did. Can, can you understand what Peter's wrestling with? Okay, I'm going to lead a group of people who know that I publicly denied the Lord. How many of us would get up and preach a sermon tonight if we had publicly just denied the Lord before coming here? Someone said, are you a Christian? No, no. Then I get up there and preach. Well, we're probably trying to cancel me for a start. How can you preach the word of God? You can't even tell me that you're a Christian. This is what Peter's dealing with. He's denied the Messiah. He, he, he's, he's, he's had a moment of weakness. He's, he's acted in a cowardice way. He, he's just... Pressure's come on and he's gapped it. And Jesus is restoring him and saying, Hey, I've called you to be a leader, to be a pillar in my church. Your name, I actually changed it from Simon the Reed to Peter the Rock. You're a solid dude. No, I'm not. I gapped it. <laughs> I'm not solid. I left. I ran away. Jesus is reaffirming his calling. He's reaffirming his calling. What did it look like for the prodigal son? Well, my son is returning. He's like, well, how do I return? I can't return empty-handed. Well, I'm going to have to because I've got nothing left. I don't even have 10% that I can give back to the Father and say, here, I, I saved a little bit. Take it back. He says, I can't come back as a son because I've messed that up. I can't come back as a son. I left as a son. I can't return as a son. I'm going to have to return as something less. That's what a lot of us as Christians will settle for. We, we have plan A, we have the call of God in our lives, then we, we, have, we have a hard season or we have a slip up, all of a sudden, okay, well, plan A is out the window, guys. What can I do for plan B? What's the lesser degree of how, what I can live out? Because God's not going to want me to live out plan A anymore because I stopped that. I know I'm preaching to everyone in this room right now. I can hear you. I can hear your heart right now. I'm preaching the gospel to you. You are still in plan A. Your performance has not got rid of God's plan A for your life. Do not bring down your calling and destiny and who you are and who God created you to be because you had a bad day. Now, I just want to throw this out there. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than your mistakes. If your mistakes were more powerful than the blood of Jesus, this thing here means nothing. God is restoring God wants us to return to Him. Now, I'm going to be the first one to put my hand up and say, when something 
bad happens or you make a mistake, you feel like a hypocrite. Well, how can I? Because of Him. You're not bringing God any glory or any honor by wallowing in self-pity, by saying, okay, I'm going back to fishing. Tried the ministry thing, didn't work out. Let's go back to fishing. Come on, God wants to call you back to your destiny. Amen? Does this make any sense to anyone? Okay, can we just go to three main points? I'm working on it, you've already done it, but I'm just going to just wrap them up right now. You always want to return to the restorer, right? You always want to return to the one who can restore you. Because when, when, when something happens in our life, we are always going to return to one or two things. We're either going to return to the past, we're going to return to the mistakes, we're going to return to our old familiar place, like fishing for Peter, or we're going to return to our future, which isn't God. If you feel like you've got off the path, or you've, you've taken another turn, you're going to have to return either to the past or return to God. The question is who you're going to return to. Either way, you're returning God. You're not staying in, in this middle ground. You're either going to return to the old or you're going to return to the Lord. So you're going to make a call who you're going to return to. It. And so I would always just hand on heart, if you're going to return to someone, return to the one who can restore you. Return to the Father. Right? So here's a couple of things you need to understand if you're going to return. Now, I'm assuming that we all know the basics, that if we, if we slip up, we take a wrong turn, we repent. What is repentance? Is repentance punishing yourself? No. Repentance means to turn around. It means to say, hey, I'm heading in the wrong direction. I need to, I need to, I need to get back. I need to focus. So the, 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 the prodigal son coming to his senses in the pigsty and turning to go back to his father, that's repentance. We made repentance this weird thing and no one even likes to talk about the word because we've made repentance like pay for your sins. No, no, no. Someone already paid for them. Now, you stop trying to get glory for yourself by paying for your own sins, because that's never going to work, and just receive what Jesus has done. And just say, thank you, God. He gets the glory for what he's done upon the cross. No amens. Okay. So here we're going to, number one, this is what you're returning to. You're returning to open arms. If I know God's arms are open, that's where I'm going. So, Cora, what does that mean? Well, again, Jesus had breakfast ready for Peter. He wasn't returning to a Jesus who was so angry. <laughs> Peter, how could you? How dare you, Peter? You should be making me breakfast. You're the one who denied me. Okay. The prodigal son... It says that when he returned, the father saw him a far way off and ran to him with open arms and grabbed him, embraced him, kissed him. Kissed him when he just came out of a pig side, by the way. Most of us think, no, you clean yourself up first and then the father will embrace you. No, 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 no. You can only be cleaned by the blood of Jesus. Run to him. So I need to understand, and this is very easy for us if we're doing well, but very hard if we're in the midst of a trial or in the midst of what we feel like we've fallen short in. To understand that God's arms are still open is very important. You will never run to someone with their arms folded. But you'll return to someone if their arms are open, you know they're going to embrace you if you run for them. 
We see that biblically in the, in the prodigal son, and we see this in the inter interaction between Jesus and Peter. There was open arms. It was open arms. You're returning to open arms. That's number one. Yeah? Number two, you've got to come to your senses. What am I returning to? In, in brackets, you've got to come to your senses. So what does that mean? The prodigal son came to his senses. Okay, I'm living in a pigsty. I'm not really enjoying it. This is not my future. This is not what I want. Like, is this what I'm going to return to? Is this what I'm going to keep coming back to day in and day out? Just come, keep living with the pigs, living with the pigsty? Or do I return to my father? Are you practically like, what are you going through? Are you, what, what do you want to return to? Well, what, like I, I think of my life. If I was to leave Jesus, what would I return to? I would return to insecurity. I would return to hopelessness. I would return to, to, a, to a, a, a eternity in a place I don't want to go. I would return to my own selfish ways. I would return again to the power of the flesh over my life. Like, what, Is that what I want to return to? Or do I want to come to my senses and return to Him? Are you going to be aware of what you're in? Okay, is this where I want to stay? Is this where I want to keep coming to? Or do I want to go to Him? Come on, I want to return to God. I want to get back to God. For, for Peter, he's like, okay, I've returned to fishing. Do I really want to spend my life staying up all night and not catching fish? Or do I want to return to the call of God in my life, which is I preach the gospel and 3,000 people get saved on the day of Pentecost because he's called me to be a fisher of men. Well, one has fruit. The other's just Peter doing his thing. Well, so I've got to come to my senses. What do I want? Do I want, do I want that or, or do I want to return to the Father? Do I want to return to Him? Do I want to go back to my past or do I want to go forward with my future? If I want to go forward with my future, I need to return to the Lord. That's point number two. I've only got three points, guys. Number three, and we've already talked about this. You've got to remember your calling. One, you're returning to open arms. Two, you've got to come to your senses. And three, you've got to remember your calling. You've got to remember your calling. Jesus was saying, Peter, come on, feed my sheep. It, it, it amazes me how we go back when we don't have vision. If I don't have a vision for my life, if I don't have a call, of, if I don't know the call of God in my life, I will keep going back to things that don't line up with my future. But if I can be reminded of my calling, it's going to make me return to the Lord. I can't fulfill my calling outside of Him. If I'm called to do this, then I can't be living like that. If I'm called to do this, I can't be in a pigsty. If I, I need to return back to my father's house. I need to get my robe on again. I need to get my sandals on. I need to get my, my ring of authority. I need to come back to the father. I need to return to Him. I need to be a son again. Come on, I need to be a daughter again. I need, I need to return. I need to understand my calling. I've got to remember that I'm on mission I've got to remember that I don't have time to be in self-pity because I have to feed other people. I don't have time to feel sorry for myself and check out for three weeks until I feel better. I've got to get up and preach. I've got to get up and, and go to my workplace. I've got to get up and, and share the gospel. I've got, I can't have time to feel sorry for myself. I don't have time to go back into shame. I don't have time to go back into guilt. There's a world out there that's looking for Jesus. And too many Christians are, are stuck in this place of trying to feel better and feel good when God's saying, come back to me, return to me. You don't have time to waste. There's a world that needs to know Jesus. All of us are waiting to be perfect before we can move. And God said, I'm with you in the midst of the journey. Is this an excuse for sin? No, it's not. It's I'm with you. 
And if you find yourself, as 1 John says, and if you sin, know that you have an advocate. His name is Jesus. If you fall short, if you make a mistake, guys, if we breathe it, we're going to make a mistake. If we're going we're gonna to say the wrong thing or we're going we're gonna to treat someone the way we, we didn't want to do. And it's, and it's not an excuse, but it's just coming to the reality that we're growing, we're in a process. And if I'm waiting for perfection to move, If you're waiting for perfection before you move, none of us are moving. And we don't want a stagnant church. Yeah. <laughs> this is the whole point. Hopefully tonight this has helped you move forward. To remember your calling. Come to your senses and understand that you're returning to open arms. Amen? God is for you. God is with you. God is calling you towards your future. And God is a God that is about restoration. I know, I know this is hard to talk about, but honestly, if, if you can't be restored in Christianity, you, where, where, where's it going to happen? <laughs> okay, actually, this is a funny thing, because I actually believe that when Jesus was hanging around with me, he was hanging around with people who were imperfect. He's hanging around with people who are making mistakes on a constant basis. Even his disciples are making mistakes, guys. And he's committed to their growth. He's committed to them being, being the people he's called them to be. Because if Jesus was cutting people off every time they, they slipped up, there wouldn't be any disciples. Just be him. He's the only perfect one. God is committed to us growing. And, and, and why I say that is because we need to be committed to each other's growth. We need to be committed to each other's growth. We have to have the intention, and we have to see people the way that God sees, hey, this person is growing. I want, I, I want to see this person go from here to here. I don't want to see them get stuck in their past. I want to see them move forward in the Lord. And that's why I'm addressing tonight the fact that a lot of us still get caught up in guilt and shame and condemnation. Those are the things that just trap you. And they keep you in this spot of, I can't return yet. This is why people have this yo-yo Christianity, that they're good one week because the week went well, and then they didn't have a good week, and then they go missing for a month, and then they come back again. Well, what happened? Well, just a bit of time passed. I kind of got my performance sorted out a little bit more. I feel like I'm doing better, so here I am. That's not why you come to church. You, you can't put your calling on hold every time you feel bad. You run to the Father. God, I've sinned. I acted in a way I shouldn't. Forgive me. Let's move on. That sounds too simple, Corey. Well, that's the gospel. <laughs> or we can make each other pay for our sins. And you can punish yourself, and then you can come here, and we can punish you too. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not the gospel. We're meant to be able to see the God people call it out. Jesus seen what was, who, who a person was in the eyes of the Father and called him out. Get in, you mighty man. No, 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 he's the weakest dude. He's the weakest dude with God. He's hiding the press. No, no, you're a man of God. You're a warrior. Ooh, no, I'm a warrior. I'm worried. <laughs> God's calling him out. This is who you are. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, this is what you're going to do. You have a but, 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 but. 
Again, comes to Moses. Moses, I'm going to send you. You're going to be my mouthpiece. I can't be your mouthpiece, God, because I don't speak well. You got the wrong guy. Peter says, God, I can't, I can't, I can't feed your sheep. I can't tend them. I denied you. Who, who am I to speak? Imagine Paul. Imagine the Apostle Paul. Imagine if he didn't get on with this. Imagine if he didn't understand the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. Just like, I can't. I want to fulfill my calling as an apostle, but I can't because I persecuted that other fellow, Stephen. I was there when they killed him. Um, I was actually rounding people up and throwing them in jail. So I don't really feel like I'm qualified to like write a few letters that people are going to read like 2,000 years ago and just going to absolutely bless their life and I'm going to show the gospel in such a clear way. Like I'd really love to do that, but I don't really feel like I've paid enough for my sin. Um, yeah, maybe a few more months. I'll see how I'm doing. I'm being facetious now, guys, but <laughs> I'm trying to put you in these shoes. Yeah. This is how we this is how we process. Okay, well, I just need to pay, just need to get that sort of no. I know that this may sound crazy, but Jesus paid for it. So stop stop hanging on to it. Stop letting it hold you back. Move forward. The greatest thing you can do is move forward. The greatest thing you can do for your family is move forward. The greatest thing you can do for yourself is move forward. The greatest thing you can do for the Lord is to return to Him, to go forward, to go forward, to go forward, to not get stuck in your past, not get stuck in guilt, shame, condemnation. Now, if we're going to talk about unrepentant sin, that's another whole, that's another whole kettle of fish. But I know everyone in this room that your heart is not to get away with sin. None of us are looking for a get-out-of-sin-free card. None of us are going out there wanting to fail. We have our eyes fixed on Jesus. We're understanding who He is. We've been transformed from glory to glory. We are committed to growth. We are committed to maturity. And we are moving forward. Amen? Alright, that's all I got. God, thank you for, your, thank you for your, your word tonight. I pray for every person in this room right now that is struggling in the area. Yeah, even ones that have gone back to an old lifestyle or an old habit, or just feeling stuck, like I just can't move forward in who God has called me to be, because I just, I just, I just don't actually believe that I'm forgiven. I don't actually believe that. I want to. I want to believe. But it just seems so hard to go back. I pray tonight, Lord, they would see your arms open wide. They would see that the way forward has been paved by the blood of Jesus. They would see that guilt, shame, and condemnation are nothing to do with Christ. That they are tools of the enemy. And God, we will not let the enemy hold us down or hold us back anymore. We return to you. We return to you. We return to you. What even as the proverb says that a dog will return to its own vomit, so a fool will return back to its folly. God, I thank you that's not us. We return to you. We've come to our senses. We don't want to return to the pigsty. We don't want to return to the vomit. We want to return to you. We want to return to you. We want to move forward. And our calling to you. We want to move forward in our relationship with you. 
God, I pray for all of those lies to be cut off. All of the shackles that hold us back. All of the self-doubt. All of the procrastinating and the way and the reasoning of why we come. Why good of God would want to? God, I pray it go right now in the name of Jesus. What if you hear you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The only way to return to the Lord, return to the Father, is through the one Jesus. He is the reconciler. He is the one who brings us back. It's a relationship covenant with the God who made us. So, Corey, how does he do that? It's because he pays our debt. He cancels the sin, the punishment that we racked up. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us needed saved. All of us needed rescued. All of us needed our debt paid. We couldn't pay it ourselves. We needed, we needed a savior. Enter Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whosoever shall believe in him shall have eternal life. So if you want to return, if you want to return to God, if you want to return to your God-given future, you can't get there without Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So if that's you, you don't know Jesus, just lift your hand right now and say, yeah, that's me. I don't know everyone in the room. I don't know who's watching on Facebook right now, but God loves you. God's for you. His arms are outstretched towards you. I don't have the liberty of time to go into this tonight, but I want you to picture Jesus on the cross. His arms are not folded. They are wide open. He received a thief on the cross right next to him. He says, remember me. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. The returning doesn't have to be a hard, complicated process. It's about a heart condition and a confession of faith. God, I'm returning to you. Remember me. I'm running back to the Father. I've come to my senses. I don't want to live how I've been living. I want to live in my father's house. If that's you, just a chance and say, yeah, that's me, Corey. If you're online right now on Facebook, just type in the comments, that's me. We'll pray for you, include you in prayer. One last call, just as I look around. Amen and amen. All right, why don't we stand tonight and... Um, we can... Uh, Possible. What I've ordered tonight for anyone who wants to um, come 